Hello, and welcome to the Friday Live thing. Whether you have an existing online business or are just starting out, we show you how to grow and scale your business the easy way. Here are your hosts, Tim Goodwin and Mark Thompson. Hi guys, and welcome to... I have a suspicion this one's going to be a cracker, because <laughs> myself and Tim have been just chatting beforehand, and we're pretty much blowing each other's minds. So, welcome. How's your week been, Tim? Are there um, 8,000 tubs of Lean Greens yet? Uh, we had 1,000 tubs of Lean Greens arrive and um, 3,727 uh, tubs of turmeric arrive. Uh, are still waiting for the other 3,000 tubs of Lean Greens to arrive. Um, but, hey, we've got stock, which is an important bit, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, yeah, that now now that I've got three thousand seven hundred twenty-seven. Actually, I've got three thousand nine hundred ninety-six tubs of turmeric, which I now need to sell. Um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, if anybody's got any good ideas of how to get rid of three thousand nine hundred ninety-six tubs of turmeric very quickly, um, I'll be. Uh, I'm, I'm all ears. Make curry, so, uh, make curry make. page. I just need some traffic to send to it cheaply. No, uh, simple. Like, just start doing curry recipes. <laughs> right so this week has been a weird week and it's actually probably been one of my most enjoyable weeks marketing lean greens well done i actually told, told my chiropractor about you yesterday i showed him your page um this week has probably been my most enjoyable marketing week for i would say two or three years i absolutely love every minute of it because I found out that uh, Justin Brooke over at AdSkills was running a competition this week or um, a, um, a challenge to make 100 sales of his retouching book, which is giving away free. So I thought, no, no way on earth am I doing that. I can't compete against these guys. I mean, you've got guys there spending thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in advertising. Um, there's no way on earth that I can compete. And so I just forgot about it. And Monday morning, I'm like, do you know what? Screw it. Because if someone had said to me, should they do it? I'd have said, yeah, hell yeah. Just do it for the experience. So I screw it. I'm going to do it. So I literally mocked it. I applied, sent in my WABEN forms, did a few, did a few posts, uh, wrote an email. I think I wrote an email, wrote an email, sent it out. And that's it. Done. That night laying in bed. Open up my iPad, check if I made any sales, or check what was happening in the um, challenge. I'm lying second. Nah, that can't that can't be right. Now, how can I lie second with a couple of posts? So I thought, Do you know what, I'm actually going to go for this a little bit. So um, I then wrote some more posts. Uh, I started running some ads, and somebody else won it. Obviously, I was never going to win it. I never thought I would. I actually finished third between someone running a load of Facebook ads and someone who'd done uh, a lot of YouTube ads. Right. So this is where I'm going to claim moral victory. <laughs> right. And every time everyone I've told this went, you're joking. And but actually it rates real sense. So if you get to this point, stick with stick with us for 10 minutes, because what we're going to tell you now it's going to blow your mind. The guy who won, oh, he, he done it in, he's made 100 sales in about 36 hours. 
he was spending seven thousand dollars a day right he his cost per acquisition was one hundred dollars bear in mind this is a giveaway book now there's a reason behind this and this is why you always have to know the numbers the first prize for getting to 100 sales was five thousand dollars okay so that's fifty dollar cost per action on top of that you were getting fifty dollars per sale for giving away the book because jb and ad skills know their numbers they know that every customer they acquire right is is worth two hundred dollars to them or 180 dollars it doesn't matter they know the figures right so they can they can afford to go you know what we, we're happy to give a hundred dollars uh cpa or uh, $50 as it is now after everything's finished, but you know, they knew their figures. So this guy looked at it and went, do you know what, I can win this. I'll just throw $100 at every acquisition. So what happened, he won it, okay? He broke even, maybe made a little profit, maybe made a little loss, doesn't matter. Everyone go, well, why would you do that? And you've got to realize what the big picture is. The big picture is he now has probably uh, $10,000 worth of data, okay? He probably threw in uh, 100 keywords that he targeted on Facebook with ads. He has now got a list of maybe 10 keywords that are massively pro pro profitable and 90 keywords that aren't profitable. So going forward now, he can make these $50 sales for 10 or $11. And that is why he threw the money. now. Just to make me feel good, because I like to make myself feel good, uh, Tim did some stats for me, right? And I can't believe this. So his uh, return on ad spend was one times, one X. My return on ad spend was 156X. Go email marketing. <laughs> right. My cost, oh, his cost per acquisition was $100. Okay, so every sale, it cost $100 to make a sale. My cost for acquisition was 32 cents. Now, that is absolutely mind blowing to me. So I actually probably made more profit than he did over the, over the competition. In fact, I probably made more profit than pretty much anyone else who did it because I spent a grand total of $9.26 uh, $9 the, over the whole thing. So, so I'm really happy with that. So, so take a step back, Mark, because I just want to kind of like, because um, I kind of understand the way you've done this, but explain the process that you've gone through with the the ad spend that you've made, because this is kind of key, because this is some of the stuff that we've done in pro um, a little bit. And actually, I think it's been in the foundation as well. But just explain why you, you, you've sent some emails and you've couple of, done, a, done a couple of Facebook posts. Why did you still spend 26 on, on Facebook ads? What I did, I, there was, I actually set up two ads. Now, the thing about Facebook, and I've, no, I've noticed more and more recently, is Facebook won't run ads to small audiences. No. Okay? So, so normal retargeting ads sometimes don't work. They just never kick off. Okay? And even, I mean, I, I think, I don't, I don't know what the, the figure is, I probably think it's about two, 300 people. They won't run an ad to two, less than two, 300 people. So what I, I thought, let's get around this. So A, I used a, a switchy link. Okay, so those are links that we apply the um, pixel to. So the normal Facebook pixel gets applied to the link rather than when someone lands on a page. 
So what happens there is anybody who clicked the link, you know, I've got them. Um, I've got them well, pixeled. I can retarget them. Okay. But what I did this time was I've got a hot seven audience. So anybody who's done anything in the last seven days with our brand, landed on any of our properties, or is in our email list, I run a re I ran a reach out to them. I wonder where I thought about that from. from. Um, so I just had a simple reach out. And it was simply um, retargeting recipes is free. Now, click here to find out more. It was literally that. I did put a little bit about you know, how I bought two copies. Mr. Anders Brown is on. He may have a copy of retargeting um, recipes on his desk, but he hasn't read it yet. Um, and so what I did was uh, literally, I just showed reach ads to anybody who'd engaged in the last seven days. So the interesting thing with the reach ads is that um, Facebook are less fussy about reach ads, um, I've found. Uh, certainly when it comes to, because we're all addicted to like running conversion campaigns yeah. on Facebook because that's kind of almost the default. Oh yeah, well, I want to get conversion. I want to get a lead or I want to get like a sale or I want to get an ad to cart or whatever it might be. And those are the normal conversion um, uh, events that we are trying to optimize for. Um, so we forget that there's, you know, there's about another dozen other different um, campaign types on Facebook. And reach is one way of kind of bypassing all of this nonsense with Facebook trying to optimize your campaign for conversion events. Because if Mark had run the camp same campaign for a conversion event, what Facebook would have done is gone, okay, out of those 300 people that you've pixeled in your hot seven list and all that kind of stuff, of those 300 people, it's like they'll go, oh, well, there's 10 people over here and 10 people over there that may be your most likely converters. So we're going to show the advert to them first. Rather than with a reach campaign, what it does is it goes, okay, we're just going to show this ad to all 300 people. And with the reach campaigns, one of the things you can do is you can actually set a, um, a, a, a there's basically a frequency. Um, uh, you can go, I want to show this ad to advert to each person X number of times per day or per week or that kind of thing. And that's a great way of just basically flooding and forcing Facebook to show your advert to as many people as possible. And here's the, here's the kicker, it's cheap. Yeah, well, I'm just calling up the stats for the ad I run. But what I also did, rather than run a retargeting ad, okay, anybody who clicked the links uh, on any of the posts or anywhere, I put up a, another reach ad that listed the bonus I was offering. Because obviously with an affiliate program, with an affiliate campaign, you, you don't know who's bought. It's you can do it. There, there are tricky ways of doing it. But the easiest way, you know, is just get people to reach out to you. Yeah. Okay, so and say, send me your receipt and I'll give you a bonus, okay? But so, so bear in mind, in my position, I didn't know who bought. So anybody who clicked the link, I just retargeted with, here's my retargeting um, bonus. Simply uh, you know, re reply to me, message me, whatever, Get contact me and I'll give you access if you give me your receipt. Uh, oh, by the way, if you haven't bought yet, here's the link. So it was a combination retargeting ad collect your bonus type ad. So people who hadn't bought knew about the bonus because they, they clicked, they'd click through. Um, 
And yeah, that, I ran that as a reach ad. Now, because the audience isn't too big on that, I mean, it's still less than 200 people. Um, it hasn't kicked off yet. I don't mind that because the first ad was the main one to get people to click through and that worked. Right, so you talk I for a second, Tim. The, the, the whole reach thing is interesting because as a, so many people miss that as a, an option. And especially for things like retargeting campaigns, um, once you can get it working, once you've got that audience, like, you know, clicking, if, if somebody's clicked on your ad, like from a cold audience, they've landed on your landing page, they've looked around, they've done whatever, you know, thing, but they've not bought yet, you know, a reach campaign, especially for small retargeting campaigns, it's a, you know, if you're running like a, a re, say for example, for us, we run conversion campaigns for our retargeting because we have larger pools, we have larger audiences. So the number of people who've engaged with our ad in the last 30 days, we've got literally thousands and thousands of people in that audience. So we can run a conversion campaign on Facebook. However, if your audiences are like, you know, less than a thousand, you might as well run a reach campaign because you know that you know that people have clicked and they're vaguely interested. So you're actually better off spending the money. And it's actually, I say, I repeat it again, it's cheaper to run a cheap reach campaign than it is a, um, a conversion campaign because you get, you sidetrack all of that nonsense with Facebook trying to do clever shit and optimize and machine, machine learning and all that kind of stuff. Um, it still tries to do certain optimization, I believe, but it's not as intensive as a conversion campaign. So yeah, it is, it, it's definitely something to worthwhile looking at, especially if you are running to smaller audiences. Yeah, I am saying. So I'll, here, here's what, it, what the basic ad results were, although it's still running. Click-through rate was 1.67, which is pretty good. Um, cost per thousand impressions was $10, 72 cents. Um, clicks oh, was, well, 15 clicks for $9.63. So, and that's a reach of 800 people. I mean, you can't, and that's only, it's only been shown to everyone once so far, well, 1.03 yeah. times. So it's still got a lot of legs in it. Yeah. And it's like the, uh, that's one of the things I find interesting is like the um, reach numbers and impressions is kind of a bit of a, you know, you kind of, have this feeling oh well that person has seen the ad well actually no they've scrolled past it they might have actually just about maybe seen it i don't know but it's, it generally is a bit of a false number not you haven't had like 800 people actually see your advert they've had eight it's been shown in a feed somewhere where they've scrolled yeah. past um that's that's essentially the impression and the reach yeah no it, it's I mean, the, the part of the joy of this whole process was the amount of time it didn't take. Mm. You know, it, I've written three emails. That, that's an hour and a half this week. I've done maybe uh, three or four posts, about five minutes each, and I set up the ad. And that, that was it. I mean, for, you know, that worked out. I mean, the, the amount of time I spent, my income must have been well over $500 an hour. So I could, I could do that all day, every day. 
So Good. I think the, um, the, 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 before we came, before we went live, Mark was talking about the, um, the person who won, okay, and the cost per acquisition um, or basically CPA numbers that that winning person um, had used. And it's like, um, which is actually quite an interesting discussion, I think. This whole idea of having the ability to spend $100 to acquire a customer, okay? And for, for, for most people, they go $100 to acquire a customer. That's nuts. Yeah. But as Mark says, this guy's got a whole bunch of data, which he can now go back to, and he can spend now $10 cost per acquisition rather than $100. But even so, one of the things that happens when you start spending $100 cost per acquisition and you show Google or YouTube or whoever it is, the ad platform that you're using, even Facebook, if you can show them that you're willing to spend $100 to acquire a customer, and I'm thinking of people like Anders Brown, who is selling stuff that is high value. You know, we're talking thousands of things, you know, worth of like mid-century furniture kind of thing. It's, you know, to spend $100 to acquire that customer is actually um, not a massive reach. It's not a massive stretch to think, well, actually, I'd, I'd be willing to spend $100 because I know that I'm going to make another $400 from this customer in profit after COGS and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the if, if you can show these ad platforms that you're willing to spend that kind of money, Facebook, Google, YouTube, whatever ad platform that you're on, is, and this is something that Justin had actually mentioned, is like, you know, uh, they will give you the keys to the kingdom. They will give yeah. you great quality customers. Yeah, I mean, it's been, one of the joys of doing this challenge this week has, has been literally just getting a direct feed from Justin Brooks' brain, the other guys doing the challenge, the other girls doing the challenge, them saying, well, I'm doing this and this is why, this is what I think about it. This is why I'm doing it. Um, Justin Brooke posted the other day that the only thing he would do if he was doing it is to do um, a display advert, Google Display Network advert, then do a search for marketing books. And any page that came up about marketing books that had um, ads on it, he'd run, he'd target that for his ads. And he'd do it for $5 a day to start with. And here's the interesting thing with that, but, you know, he's saying he'd start it at $5 a day, but here's something which is quite fascinating. He would start at $5 a day and put some money up there. But if if he shows that he's willing to spend $100 to acquire a customer yeah. through, that, through that platform, then again, Google, Facebook, whatever, in this case, it's Google Display, especially with Google Display, if, you're, if you show that you're willing to spend $100 to acquire a customer, they will give you the very best placements on the planet. They will put you um, like in there, you know, and I'm sure that this happens with, with GDN, with Google Display Network, where they've got these kind of like almost locked away uh, placements that are only reserved for, you know, the big boys, the people who are willing to spend the, the cash to get the very best customers and they only let people into that once they've shown that they're willing to spend the money to put put uh, ads on that particular placement and actually 
you know, know their numbers enough that they can get customers from it. So, you know, it's one of the things that frustrating things I think most people find with um, things like Google Display, and I certainly have had this issue before, is that when you run, um, when you start running Google Display campaigns and you're spending like five bucks a day or 10 bucks a day, and you've got a low, you set a low cost per acquisition, like level of like, oh, well, I only want to spend 10 pounds or five pounds to acquire a customer. It's actually quite hard for Google to like put you in decent placements. So you, you start seeing all of the crappy placements appear um, on your campaigns. And it's, it's, quite, it's quite difficult to kind of break through that. Um, in, in my experience, that's certainly been the case. But, um, but if you, the more quickly you can show that you're willing to spend money to acquire that customer, um, they'll start giving you the better placements. People don't know JB or Justin Brooks' story. He started out with just a few dollars, literally just a few dollars, and ran some Google Display Network ads. And basically, he was like um, a guy in a casino, just letting it roll. Every cent he made, he put it back into the ads. And in 11 months, he turned his $30 he started with, or something like that. Or was it all, even though it's, I think it was $60 a month with his first, but I can't remember exactly. I think it was, it was like was $2 a day on yeah. one, one single placement, um, yep. one particular web page that he was putting in his advert. And for, yeah, as you say, every dollar he got out, he fed back in again. And then grew that to you literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You don't have you're doing a million by month eleven, aren't they? Yeah. His income was a million a month after month eleven. Uh, so, you know, if you if if you're prepared to just start with a low budget and let it ride, um, so every time he made money, he just upped the budget next day for so his profit stayed in there. And yeah, interesting, interesting way of doing things. Um, but I said, what I mean. One thing I've done this time, and I, uh, I thought, you know, I'll do, do a masterclass. So the idea was, you know, we'll do, um, do a webinar at the end and I'll go through what I did. But I started writing the other day, sort of almost journaling what I was doing and my th thoughts behind it. So I turned it into a, a case study. And honestly, it's the most cathartic thing I've ever done. Because I'll try to explain it the other day to someone. Um, when, you, when we do a course, when we sit down and run a course or prepare a course, what we do is, okay, so what do people need to learn from this course to make it valuable to them? What's the best way of presenting it to them so they'll understand it and hopefully implement it? Whereas doing a case study, you're just going, right, okay, I did this, 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 and this. I'm not particularly interested in what they take out of it. I'm interested in showing how I am doing it. It might be completely different to what I'd probably write down if I was trying to do this as a course, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd do that whole, you know, go and find this and you know, go and find that and find your avatars, that, I'm not to do that, this is what I'm doing. Um, so because uh, doing it as a case study, you're not afraid to show the mistakes you make and you're not afraid to like, look, screw the whole avatar thing. Just run it to a huge audience and see who bites, see who nibbles. But you can't, you can't do that, of course. You've got to go, okay, you have to find your avatar or else you will be wasting money. So it is, and it also showed me exactly what I was doing. So uh, I've actually gone, gone back and reading my case study because it is, because it's literally powering it, just power, putting everything onto a page as, as it comes to me. It's really, really good. So I'd recommend anybody who, does journal it somewhere 
every day, sit down, write about what you've done that day, why you've done it, what's, what's your thinking behind it? Um, I think you'll find it quite interesting. I think the, um, uh, the, the takeaways for this is, you know, um, don't, don't be overawed by, you know, this idea that I don't have an audience, um, so I can't promote an affiliate um, platform. I can't affiliate, promote an affiliate program. And it's like one of the things that um, Mark did in his course, I can't even remember the name of the course now, um, which basically is about running very low cost ads to, you know, we, we're all kind of like, be the $1 a day Facebook ad system. That's the one. Um, We've got to get better names, mate. We've got to have better names. <laughs> but it, but it's like people are almost scared of running ads um, it, it, to, to, get an, a, to get an affiliate sale. And a lot, lots of the time, like the, you, you don't need to spend a huge amount of money, as Mark has proved, you know, $9.26 yeah. to actually achieve, a, you know, some, some decent returns from affiliate, an affiliate program. The actual target audience that I had for this, the segment I created for, to do all this was 722 people. Right. So literally I've made uh, almost, actually almost $2 per person on the, on the segment that I, I actually created, whether they bought or not, the average was $2 per person on there. I mean, segmentation, boys, that's the way forward. And, and this comes back to um, some of the stuff we've talked about with Facebook like campaigns. If you've got an audience with a common interest, say for example, it's, I don't know, mountain bikers or people who like cooking or you know whatever it might be, so by building that list, that audience, that Facebook audience, it gives you a starting point. It gives you the ability to run affiliate offers in front of these people um, for, for, for a relatively low cost. And you, it, it's not like you're starting from absolute zero because a lot of time we go, oh, well, I'm going to run a, um, a, a promote an affiliate program. Ah, crap, I actually haven't got any audience. It's like you sh should be creating the audience every single day. You should be building that audience every day. And the, because you can get, for you know, I gave the example a couple of weeks ago for the mountain biking um, restaurant, cafe, hotel place down the road. And they're getting likes for like six pence a like. And it's, you know, it's the lowest cost way of building an audience right now for them. And it means that they can put offers now in front of the, that particular audience very, very easy and very, very cheaply um, to, to, to fill their restaurant, to fill their hotel. Um, and that's that's why you want to be building these audiences in the first place. So when you've got an affiliate offer or you've got an offer that you can put in front of them, it's not like you're starting from zero. Yeah. I actually, I've got, I actually, I mentioned I was had a coffee with my chiropractor yesterday because he wants to do some videos, and we got talking about like promoting his business and stuff like that. I said, look, the best thing you can do is go to Tim's Lynn Green page, right? Because that's something you can't particularly advertise on Facebook. You can't. You struggle to advertise supplements. Look how Tim does it. Look at the posts he does. Follow the posts. So we call up in the in the cafe. Like Lean Green's on the phone. Went through and I said, look. He went. I've never seen anyone advertise like that before. I said, but it's not advertising, really, is it? Is it? It's passing information with a link at the end, and yeah. um, it works. It honestly works. I mean, I tell everybody watching this now. If you want to advertise or make market your business, look at what Tim's doing on Facebook. You won't see anybody else, very few other people doing it that way. And it is the way you should be doing it. Um, 
it's literally what we what, what we do in the foundation we should do on a facebook page as well so if you haven't been in the foundation recently i mean i wrote a, a brain dump last week i should have actually put it on facebook but i will i will put it on facebook next week <laughs> i mean there's so much information there and then at the end just link to the foundation if you want more like this go to the foundation so what i'm going to probably do is start taking all the stuff we've written in there put it out on facebook and run reach ads to it um and just leave it like that just let it let it naturally grow because if i can do what i did this week with an audience of 700 think what we could do with a segmented audience of 7000 and and that's not a lot of people compared to what most people have it creates i'm mean, so so glad on so many different levels i actually took this challenge this week it's yeah it's a, it's a great exercise. my faith in marketing i was getting <laughs> I was getting, feeling a little bit jaded and um, <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Love it. Oh, dear. So, yeah. So I'm just looking to see what else I got had written down for. Um, uh, before, you do, before, before you do that, look, guys, retirement recipes, HTTPS, smolikes.com forward slash recipes. Go there. Uh, if, if you buy the book, it's free plus shipping, uh, $6.95 shipping in the US and 12 for the rest of the world, which is unfortunate, really. Um, send me your receipt and I'll give you access to this case study. And I've actually, there's only, I think there's 12 people who've actually sent me the receipt so far on access and already two of them said, Mark, this is amazing. Honestly, this well written in there is top i even i'm rereading it every day just to remind myself um and it's, yes, it's still being written now so i've got a big bit to come uh after this i'm going to write a huge big bit in there about what i'm doing going forward as you can see i'm so enthusiastic about this i've got i've got my mojo back <laughs> but yeah so or check out or check out the um the emails I made earlier in the week or somewhere up below this, you'll find something. Um, yeah. Cool. <laughs> oh, sorry. I've just read the last line. So. <laughs> Uh, so I, I miss drinking with that young old young Anders Brown there. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, the man with the dry sense of humour in the world. <laughs> dry than Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yes, it is, isn't it, Ian? <laughs> right. So, what we, well, we know you've been unpacking boxes and stuff. What else? What else have we been up to? Um, good question. Um, it's trying to dig down really um, into some, um, I, I talked about doing postcards last week. Um, postcards and like. Oh, hang on, can I hold you a second? Yeah. We've got to do branding, we've got to do branding again. Did we? Yeah, let me, let, me, hey, let me just say one thing. Every single post I did for this whole thing this week has been the same branding as we, I'm now using on SMO. 
So there's no dip. So anybody who saw it would have known immediately that it was SMO, which is the whole reason for branding. We will, I promise we will do a, a branding thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, we were going to talk. We were talking about two weeks now. Sorry, Donald. <laughs> Um, now, some of the other things I've been doing this week is digging down into some data, and this is one of the um, one of the reasons why you want to use a platform like. Um, the rest of our customers now. Hi. <laughs> data. <laughs> it's uh, it's a thing. Uh, the, the idea of looking at data, and it's like. There's so many people out there go, oh, data, why? I don't want to look at data. But actually, the insights you get from it are fascinating um, in terms of, and actually, the, the segmentation that you can do with your audience. Isn't this, this does relate to some of the stuff that we're talking about with um, JB stuff. Um, but um, one of the things that I've been doing is like, uh, make, you've got to make sure that you've got an email platform that can actually enable you to do this. So whether you're an active campaign person or for me personally, a, a Clavio or Clavio as they call it, um, the ability to be, be able to uh, pull out a very tight segment. So the segment that we've been pulling out is all customers that um, have bought more than three times from us that haven't bought in the last three months, but have bought in the last 12 months. And you get well, based on our call we did last week that we didn't publicize because it was so crap because of your connection. <laughs> so in my connection was it was really, really, really the missing files. The Friday night thing, the missing files. The missing files. Um, but like that kind of data is is hugely powerful, like um to be able and to kind of run through. Um, one of the reasons for doing it is we got 300 and I think it was about 350 people on that list. We're now sending out a postcard specifically to that audience. We know that um, because it's such a targeted audience, we're not wasting money. Spent, we're not wasting um, spend on like the, the stamps and like you know sending out envelopes to people that are just never going to buy. So you know, dig down into your data and figure out who are your who are the people that have not bought um, you know recently but are relatively recent. And have been decent customers in the past because a lot of the time that would be one of the cheapest ways to reactivate customers and to in, increase your average lifetime value. So definitely, definitely, definitely do that. It's something that you know we're going to do a whole lot more on. I think because it say that data is there to be used to 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 grow your your lifetime value. So definitely, that's that's something I've been doing this week. Uh... Is, I'm going to show, um, Anders made a comment earlier. I'm going to show this because it's quite relevant. Uh, we target Instagram influencers that are interested in our shit, sold a mid-century dressing table to a Canada or a girl who has a lifestyle page with about 100,000 followers. That, that, that's brilliant. Just targeting your ads to influencers <laughs> in the hopes that they buy it. When they do, hopefully feature on their page. Really good idea. Um, I spent, I think I mentioned it before though, I spent three hours talking to a, an Instagram influencer who said nothing of interest in three hours. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, influencer means like basically no personality, I think. Oh my God. But she was 17 and quite pretty. <laughs> but oh God, it was terrible. It was oh, three hours of my life I'll never get back. 
bit like people who watch our show. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, right. So, um, what else is interesting? Oh, CBO was supposed to come in last week, wasn't it? Yeah, it didn't happen. No, because I, 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 when I started these ads, I went, come on, let's do some CBO. Ooh, no. So this, this this has got to be um, Facebook's worst launch ever. Um, <laughs> it's like they've <laughs> they've uh, delayed the launch of this so many times. I think this is the third time that they've basically called it off at the last moment. Um, and I'm not quite sure what it, the, the reasons are for this time, but about two weeks prior to CBO allegedly meant to be going live last Friday, um, ad, ads like um, my ads plummeted, the, the ability for them to work plummeted. I was reading about so many other people, some really, really switched on marketers as well, really struggling with their campaigns. Um, for whatever algorithmic change that they were making in the background to accommodate accommodate CBO campaign budget optimization um, was really screwing with stuff. So I turned off a bunch of ads, which was quite fortuitous anyway, because I'd run out of stock and I didn't want to run any ads. Um, but you know, I should imagine that I wasn't the only one who was basically just dialing back ad spend. And Facebook are obviously very, very sensitive sensitive to changes they will see very quickly if something's not working they will um they will get they, they will basically backtrack or do something about it so you know if they if their revenue for a day is dropped by you know 20 million or so um they're gonna it, it's noticeable so and i'm not i'm not joking about the the, the numbers here it, this is the crazy isn't it it's like when you're talking about oh well it's, today's revenue is 20 million less than a year <laughs> so the other thing that's interesting is um you know uh i don't know whether people realize this but um facebook made a <laughs> yes um so we we'll repeat that one um We're going to uh, one, of other, one of the other things that facebook have backtracked on which you may or may not have noticed is that um, when you run a Facebook ad on Facebook's newsfeed, what happens is um, over, uh, you've got an image or you've got your video and at the top you've got like the bit of description, the, the first part of the text. And it used to be that you used to get about five to seven lines worth of text above the image. And about three, four months ago, they basically went, no, we're going to shorten that. We're only going to show two or three lines. Um, I've actually started seeing adverts now appear with five, six, seven lines on the newsfeed. So they're obviously backtracked on that as well because they realized that the text actually does make a difference. Interesting, really, because when you think about it, Facebook thinks, oh, the image or the video is the most important thing. But the text that goes with it is obviously influencing a lot of people as well. Um, so if it's like a short piece of text, they're not maybe not seeing it. They're not clicking on it. It's not. It's using up less of the um, space on like you know when you're on your phone when you're scrolling through on your phone. It's less real estate if you've only got a short bit of text. So you know um, maybe that's the reason why they're backtracking on that as well. So you've always got to keep an eye on what Facebook's doing with like especially if you're doing a lot of Facebook ads because you know the stuff changes literally on a daily basis. It seems. 
Um, yeah. the, the other thing I've been looking at a lot of, whilst it really, really pains me, is Instagram stories and Facebook stories. And I despise them with a passion because certainly with um, Facebook stories, they disappear within 24 hours. They're gone. Like Instagram stories are a little bit better. Um, but I've actually been well, looking I like, at... What I do it, like Instagram stories is if you do something good and, or you plan it properly, you can actually pin the story right to the very top. So it actually becomes one of your prime um, bits of real estate, yep. which is very, which is useful. So one of the things that we've done this week is actually I got our social media person, Ellie, uh, content media person, Ellie, to do, um, to do that. Uh, it's basically to create, um, it's, I think it's called a highlights reel or highlights yeah. story or something. Um, so we got, we got, I got her to create a frequently asked questions one. And it's beautiful. It's like, you know, Ellie does an amazing job. So just go on to our Lean Greens Instagram thing and you'll see what she's done. Um, I can't remember the app that she used, but it's um, uh, she used to use the free version of this particular app. Didn't need to pay for anything. So, yeah, um, looks looks really, really very good. So I've been playing around a little bit with Instagram ads as well. So the ad format um, videos in particular, 15 second long videos. Um, so we've got a few things going on there. What was that that uh, Anders put up? Um, so took Tim's advice, brought some nice little branded cards and envelopes, popped them inside the furniture, handwritten thank you, already had positive comments, nice touch. Now, it is exactly that, that the whole, um, because nobody else is doing it. And this is yeah. the interesting thing that, you know, if you think about what post appears on your doorstep now, it's either like a blatant advertising or yeah. it's bills. That's, and even then bills, we're not getting through the post anymore. So people are getting less and less post. So when you send a card or a thank you card, or, you know, you include a card in with something, it's, it's, a, it's a small touch that makes a substantial difference to the way people feel about your brand. Um, so definitely recommended that you do that. It's one of the reasons why we're say, picking up on like doing more posts is that because People don't receive post anymore. People don't receive stuff through the mail that they can pick up and tangible feel, you know, feel, actually get a feeling for it. So we do it in like, a, um, you know, like gift card um, sort of, you know, thank you card type things. We put it in a bright green envelope um, and it, it stands out, really stands out when it lands on the doorstep. I mean, it, it's all, we've said it so many times, it's the little things that actually make a huge difference. Um, there's no, no yeah. good point for me, as ever. The image video gets our attention, but we're so jaded, we want to read the next to sense if we should bother watching and clicking. Yeah, true. I mean, I think one of the big problems that um, Facebook did when, when they obliterated text on the images, people generally now don't know what it's about. So they rely on the headline. If the headline's clickbaity or um, not uh, ambiguous, they've got you know what do you have to do? You have to read the con the the content. If the content doesn't, if you get one line of content, what's the point of clicking through? Because you still having spent your two and a half milliseconds on there, or your two milliseconds, or your two seconds on there, you still don't know what it's about. You just scroll past it. 
Um, one of the problems we're finding actually with our ads, and one of the things that we've, we've really found with our ads recently is um, because Facebook have insti instigated this whole um, ad quality um, score, so whether it's like above average, average, below average, very below average, kind of, you know, awful, um, it's like the, the ad quality score is based upon not just people's feedback so people who clicked on the ads feedback but so if somebody clicks to hide the ad you know that shows as a negative against you and things like that but also they read the um they deem whether the text that you've put on the headline is clickbaity or not now um or sensationalized or something like that so our advert the advert that's working really really well um, gets punished because we use the words hate. Um, uh, do you hate veg? Or um, I, I think I put it as, I think the headline is I hate veg or I hate vegetables, question mark. And it's kind of the stuff like that where you just go, okay, well, I'm just going to get punished by Facebook for doing that. So, but, you know, you're limited in the text that you can show and people kind of like, you know, make an opinion about your stuff because they're headline readers so you got to be really, really careful about how you um, how you write the uh, the headlines. Here we go. My dad found an old Chinese banknote in a piece of furniture. Gave it as a tip at a local Chinese restaurant. The whole staff lined up to thank us as we'd left. He'd given a five k tip. <laughs> uh, see another example of why you should do your research. Yeah, exactly. Right. I think we should knock it on the head for the day. That's 45 minutes. I think so. I think it's all that, good today. Water torture for one day, isn't it? <laughs> no, I, I, no, I hope that people have kind of, certainly the first half of this um, live, the stuff that we're talking about with affiliate marketing and certainly with like running campaigns on Google Display and YouTube and even on Facebook, it's like, you know, don't shy away from doing some of these challenges just for anything, just to see what everybody else is doing. Um, because, you know, it's huge, but as Mark's proved, it's, you know, been hugely valuable and it's uh, excited him again with uh, affiliate marketing, marketing. So next week you'll see Mark do a WSO uh, affiliate um, <laughs> promotion for a $7 product. <laughs> No, you won't see me do a WSO seven dollar product. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna do next week. Now I do actually. I do know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do some research. Well, or probably do all the stuff I was supposed to be doing this week. <laughs> uh, planning our branding um, call. Yeah, definitely. Right, we'll guys. Thank you very much. Um, any questions? Please ask. Uh, you can always, always, always get us. In the foundation, if join the foundation. It's free. Joinsmo.com forward slash free. Or if you want to get hold of the retargeting recipes book, that um, HTTPS SMOlikes.com forward slash recipes. But remember, the case study I'm giving you as a bonus is way more valuable than the book. Although the book, just to prove I do have it, is awesome. So good, I bought it twice, literally. Um, so yeah. And yeah, you know, come, come, come and join the foundation. Come on, you'll love it there. Oh um, yeah. That's the other thing. Um, as far as I know, my talk in London is still going ahead. There's no coronavirus bullshit going on. 
Um, so as far as I know, it's still going on. Um, My money's still on traffic and um, conversions being cancelled. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a bookmaker to take a, take a bet on that. I want to put 10 quid on that, on traffic TNC being cancelled. Ouch. Excellent. That's all I can say. Ouch. You watch Ryan Dice on, w, on uh, Warrior Forum doing $7 WSOs after that. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Speak to you later. Because obviously, he's going to have to pay people like you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger on there, isn't he? Keynote speaker. Do you, do you, I don't know whether you realise actually that um, trafficking conversions now is not owned by uh, Ryan Dice, it's, run, it's owned by a, 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 a separate events company. But, but 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 it's still like obviously they still are essentially the figureheads for it. Yeah. It's just that the company that run it is a bigger an event bigger events company. Um, so yeah, interesting. Wrapping themselves. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. I'll leave you be. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. See you later. Bye. You've been listening to the Friday Live thing. For show notes and resources, head over to members.seriousmarketersonly.com.